0: We are wandering into wellness. Uh, So, we are an Irish based podcast and um, we kind of host podcasts that we do out in nature around health and wellness, but we also do experiential events and immersive events and wellness coaching as well, right?
1: So, yeah. Lydia I've known for years and years but knew of her, she was sort of in my sphere but distantly in my sphere and then about two years ago, um, around Christmas time actually, uh, year before last, I had this urge to go and hang out and so went and brought Ginger Biscuits and we had a, a lovely conversation with no intent to do any kind of work together, any sort of professional thing and at the end of the conversation, I went home having had just the loveliest afternoon where it seemed like a really nice meeting of minds. I run a health food store in Dublin. She is a yoga practitioner, a yoga therapy uh, practitioner, deals with um, a lot of like, kids with learning disabilities, so like very much not yoga just for asana and I was like really fascinated by this and, and also had a read with a real brain for nutrition. So when we had this chat, I went home and then a couple of days later, I got a text from her saying, I had this dream. We were up the top of the mountain and we were recording it. It was a podcast. And I was like, huh? Okay. So I was like, that sounds interesting. I mean, I have some equipment. Let's shoot a podcast. So two weeks later, we found ourselves at the top of the Wicklow Mountains. In the middle of winter, it was about three degrees. We froze our toes off. We drank tea and we had an hour and a half chat. And it was great fun. So we decided to turn this into something that was more consistent. and yeah here we are like a year and a half later we came here last year as well um we podcasted with a lot of the guests of as well so you can have look at them online and um, yeah we've spent the last kind of year and a half kind of <coughs> developing each, each other's minds and, and approaches to health and wellness and in my day to day i spend a lot of my time coaching people on nutrition you know some of the real basics of diet hydration these sorts of things and i think the the evolution around that i'm really feeling that you know we're, we're beginning to pull back from offering people obvious supplements for obvious conditions. We're sort of asking them to look inwardly more. We're asking them to to maybe to ask themselves questions about why it is they're not they're not responding to the world in a way that's useful to them. And and so we kind of came to this idea, this this idea that for both of us what's been really useful is this approach to developing capacity for dealing with stress which seems irrelevant maybe in this beautiful countryside in the middle of a festival but when we all go back to our real lives has a, a real weight it's like you know we all kind of you know we slightly disconnect from this thing we go back to something that might be and maybe maybe not all of us too maybe you all live to beautifully authentic and fulfilled lives where you're really connected to to yourself to the universe and to the people around you but I know that I fall I fall proud of that and I see a lot of the health conditions that emerge as a result of that, that disconnection.
0: Yeah, and I think stress is a is a thing that we kind of we pigeonhole into being a thing where it's like something's happened and now I'm stressed. But stress also comes from how do we digest the things that we mm. put into our body, and that can be experiences, it can be emotions, it can be food. Yeah. Uh, and so really, this is about like looking at when we were looking at the talk today, we were thinking about how can we look at how do we meet the edges between softness and hardness. Mm between creation and surrender? And how can we walk that really fine line that there is between those things in a way that really begins to serve us? And how can we do that in a multifaceted way? So let's look at it from an intellectual point of view. Let's look at it from an emotional point of view, a spiritual point of view, a nutritional point of view, and then a movement, asana, breath work, practice. So that when you go back to your lives, you can begin to build those kind of self-care rituals that support you to be able to play that fine line where you're, you're not going into that two yin place and you're not going into that two yang place but you're just riding that line in a way that serves you really well so that's what we're going to be looking at today really
1: yeah so one of the ways you see is, and often the things that are reflected in nature are the, the things that we should take on board and when nature does something it tends to do it really well really successfully as you can see all around us and often so when you speak to people who are you know um, training like biodiversity always it's the edges of a habitat that have the most biodiversity the most kind of lush, verdant growth, so it's the edge of the forest, between forest and meadow, between, you know, between tundra and grassland, where you always find this amazing species diversity and this real activity of life, and for us it's kind of like trying to reflect that in ourselves, so we have this, you know, maybe this kind of internal world where we have this journey that we can, you know, ask ourselves questions and, and come to kind of greater understanding of ourselves and then we can look to move that outward and have greater compassion for other people by having this non-judgment of ourselves and applying that then to the world and I think that's a really kind of nice again it's kind of walking that line mm. between our inner world and our outer world the stress and the surrender that those sorts of things are the, the Yeah the big and also things.
0: and also the edge oh hello that's gone, gone oh that's gone now Uh, and also the edge between where our inner world becomes the outer world and us not having that disconnect between the nature that's out there and our understanding that we are nature so where can we begin to look at those self-care practices in ourselves but also not become separatist yeah not become thinking like we are one and that is something else so how can we look at beginning to look after ourselves whilst also looking after all that stuff that's around us right yeah
1: so like um one of the are those kind of again things of nature that works really well to serve as an analogy for this is water because it it's so successful um, it has this lovely approach to, to balance where you know we have everybody comes asking me a lot about water refinement water filtration how do i extract all the things from water but water in nature is never isolated it's never just h2o it's always abundantly rich in minerals it doesn't survive in nature without having this you know this interdependence with all the minerals from its environment and that's when water feeds us best Um, and so when it comes to like our approach to, to water we're kind of kind of look at ourselves in that way as well, we shouldn't be necessarily seeking isolation, so this idea that we can gather strength through interdependence, you know, that we can, uh, that that essentially strength as a a value is something that we always see as like the power of one, as a kind of old world reference, kind of like, you know, that death of a salesman American dream thing where we're always kinda of thinking, Okay, well it has to be like myself, I have to be resilient to myself, I have to be able to go and do it on my own but actually carving out that niche separates us from all those support networks, yeah. all of those kind of potentially really useful um, things that we can access to, to to help to kind of like further ourselves in development and allow us just to survive in a in a world that, that can be
0: really tough. Yeah, and when we when we work in a corporate setting, a lot of times people in corporate settings are referencing like wolf packs and talking about like how you're going to be a lone wolf and like that's it, you know, that kind of shark-wolf mentality. But actually really interestingly when you look at wolf packs and how they function, they function as a unit and each one of them work as a team and individually they can't work. So they look at like how can they feed the strongest members first and then how can the the members that aren't so strong support that system of the team. So it's weird because what we've done in in modern societies, we've taken a thing and we've taken it out of context and then gone lone wolf yeah great but actually it was never that it was always being in a team and the fact that we're stronger together so what we were wanting to look at now is just doing a little bit of experience based stuff around feeling how when we work as a team we're a little bit stronger so what we're going to do is just get you guys into pairs so choose someone either beside you or someone who's a similar height to you doesn't matter who and then if you just both sit on one mat and then we're going to show you what we're going to do so just grab someone
1: yeah. Great. I'll go behind you. Okay. Back to back
0: first. Good. Back to back first. Yeah. But I'll just wait till everyone gets into it first. Okay. Two. Here yeah, you can go. Share Great. together. Okay. Do you be Great. I- so we'll show you first how it's going to be. What I want you to do first when you're coming to sit is just to sit on your bottoms with your heels as close into your bottoms as possible and your hands here. So tuck yourself in like this. And then from there, without using your hands, keeping your hands on your knees, I just want you to stand up.
1: <laughs>
0: so just, to <so> just stand.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, nearly. Uh, okay. Okay. So tough, right? So now, if you turn back to back and lean your backs against each other, and have your heels tucked in again, and your hands on your knees, (laughs) I feel like you've got a tough partner to work with. (laughs) Um, So now we'll just show you what it's going to look like. When you're coming to standing, you've really got to push back into each other. So it's coming to that place of understanding that we lean into our support systems. And when we lean into our support systems, we reach that support. But when we pull away from our support systems, then we're going to fall. So when you're coming to standing, if you lean forwards away from your partner, you're going to fall. If you lean back into each other and continue to lean back, you guys are going to work as a team to stand. So I'll just show you first. Okay, you got me? Okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> Graceful. Okay. So, leaning back into each other. Talk to each other and communicate as a team. So, tell your partner one, two, three. If you want to try it, we can do it with you. You're feeling okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, continue to push back into each other. <laughs> so, start. You did it. You're overthinking. Start with your bottoms together. Hands on your knees. Feet right back, feet right back. So now continue to push in to each other rather than up. Yeah, there we go. Keep pushing in, pushing in, pushing in, pushing in. Well done.
1: Good. Pressure and fail, to that and you have this
0: lovely kind of like again uh, you can actually yeah play. so see what's happening here is that you're leaning forwards so you're coming here and as you're coming up you're going there and you need to go back into her even more so try again and push your push your bodies back so, you're leaning into that support system that you've got. So, pull your feet much closer to your bottom. Yeah. Now, lean back in towards each other and keep leaning back. Okay, so one, two, three, go. Lean back, lean back, lean back. Yeah, come on. Push through your heels. Yeah. Go it's amazing isn't it and it's like trust as well isn't it trusting because you're coming up and you're like I feel that I should go forwards but I'm gonna go back let's try again we won't look at you and it'll be easier so now what we're gonna do is do it from standing so when you're standing I want you to put your toes touching each other so stand really close to your partner and you can grab their hands okay Tightly. So tightly, <laughs> tightly grab your partner's hands and again, it's a trust base. As you lean into the support, you got to lean fully back. If you start not trusting their support, you're both going to fall and then looking into their eyes, you're going to bend your knees and keep leaning back as you're coming down. And when you almost come to the floor, look at them. Yeah. Inhale, breathe, lean back as you come up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so leaning back all the way. So toes touching, yeah, hold hands. So start by leaning back till straight arms. So trust, get that point and then keep leaning back as you bend your knees and come down. Yeah, nice. And then see, can you come up again? Yeah, well done. Keep leaning back, leaning back. Yeah, yeah. So you need to lean into that more, yeah there we go and then keep leaning back bend your knees as you come down bend your knees bend your knees bend your knees (laughs) and then see can you come up again so keep your toes touching lean back first in like a little squat and then slowly come up (laughs) okay so so you can come to sitting down again now if you want so you can practice again
1: Huh? Oh, okay, no,
0: Sorry, the microphones have all run out of power. Yeah, we'll walk around standing now. That'll be helpful. So really, really what that, obviously, it's just like a silly exercise, but it gives you that understanding that it's when you lean in, when we lean in, then we get that support. But what we tend to do is set up these support structures in our lives and we set up those support structures but we still go towards going, but I need to isolate, I need to do it on my own. I'm not gonna take charge of that thing and go, actually, today I need your help. Today I'm gonna draw on you. In fact, can you make me a meal? And I think when you become a mother, is anyone a mother? Oh, just me, a mother. Just me (laughs) so it's it's a thing you know you hear that thing of like you need a village to raise a kid it's very much that thing it's there's a tendency in modern society now for parents to go i just have to be like super mom i have to make all the great food i have to look after my kid the best but i have to do it in like a really alternative really great way and i also have to look perfect all of the time and my kid has to look cool Ah, nice
1: Yeah, yes, okay. more. Yeah, we have that. Yeah, <laughs> that's why she's wearing all of our microphones. Your deep resonant
0: voice. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, you wanted to talk a little bit about water seeking minerals for plants. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. So like, um, one of the other things that water does is it always seeks the path of least resistance. Like, it it won't try and go uphill. It won't go try and won't try and go through the hard rock. It'll always have an approach to. Finding the easiest route downwards towards the sea, you know, and it's kind of the same with us when we're when we're meeting nature that we should always be looking to like engage and fall into it and not, you know, try to resist and remove ourselves from it. And often in those stressful moments, like we'll have with our you know families, friends, work colleagues, the tendency is to to really move away from that, to harden to it, but actually soften into it, having that kind of compassionate approach or like practicing it yourself, and then you can bring it to that place. And there's that uh, guy I'm sure you all know, Bruce Lee founder of jeet kune do and this amazing um martial artist he he had this this approach of being like water and there's so many videos and, and, and stories of them um, demonstrating strength from you know uh, using momentum from other people using momentum from much bigger people uh, and again it's that using the momentum of the things around you as well and not trying to do the thing that seems impossible using like your intuition begins to come into it as well i suppose that you start to have a feeling for what's the right thing because it just starts to happen almost by itself a little bit like this did, to be honest yeah um, but we didn't kind of like try to carve out a thing it just seems so hard why is everything going against us like okay well what's easy try the easy thing like use that there's always there's always a path within communication that's an easy path as well it's like if it's not if it seems like something isn't understanding your point of view on one aspect you can shift the aspect shift your own aspect shift their
0: and I think also it's, it's to do with a little bit, when you look at challenge when it comes into your life, you can have the challenge and that's really tough but you can have the challenge and then your mindset around the challenge. So usually what we have is we have challenge and then we have our resistance to the challenge. And so then we're dealing with two challenging things. So with this, when you're thinking about being like water, it's really about like, how can you go with that flow thing? So instead of having that resistance and the challenge, you can just have the challenge and you can surrender to the challenge and be in that moment of going, okay, yeah, this is challenging, but now how can I soften into that challenge rather than hardening into it and pulling myself away from that challenge? so we're going to do a little bit of a, a yoga pose now and we're going to look at how do our feet work to demonstrate that a little bit because what we tend to do is When we feel a challenging pose in yoga is that we tend to pull ourselves up away from the floor and that's when we fall. Whereas what we want to do is look at using our feet to yield to the support of the earth and noticing how when we yield and when we soften in challenge, we can really, really begin to become stable and secure and comfortable in that flow. Whereas when we pull away and we pull apart from that and we resist, then we fall. So we're just going to explore that with our feet a little bit and see how that feels. So we can use that as like a little analogy for that in practice. So you can come to standing on your mats. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at warrior three today and if you're a yoga person and you know what warrior 3 should typically look like you can just kind of let that go now. We're not going to be like perfect warrior 3, let's get everything perfect. It's more just about like how can you get yourself into a position of instability and then how can we work within that instability, okay? So let's if you are right footed, right-handed, use your right foot as your standing leg. If you're left-handed, you're going to use the other one. You're just going to place that foot anywhere on your mat, but I want it to be facing forwards. So like a number one, rather than turned out to the side. And then from there, let's do a bent knee because that's a little bit easier. So, but make sure that your knee is above your ankle. So if your knee is coming here, that just means you need to wriggle your foot forwards a little bit. So from there, you're going to come up onto the tiptoes of the back foot and then find a little bit of buoyancy. So again, it's like finding that flow. We're not going hard. We're going into the softness. And you're going to bring your torso forwards. So you're like an arrow going forwards and then you're just going to hover that back foot and just see how that is and then if you can excuse me for my knickers you're going to do the back foot lifting up and then if you can come towards halfway you can do that here and you have both hands so you can bring them to prayer in front of your chest or you can bring them out to the side and hold hands with your neighbor and once you're there i just want you to look at where are you bringing hard edges into your body So now, can you soften a little bit into your feet? So notice if there's a tendency to curl those toes and pull them up away from the floor. And instead of doing that, can you find all of your attention dropping down into the sole of the foot and softening the foot, almost like you're trying to make it sink into wet sand. So you're making that like footprint effect. Nice. And then there, just play with curling the toes and making your leg really hard and tensing the muscles and seeing how that feels in your body. So I just want you to play around with it. Fall by all means. It's not about staying in and being perfect. It's just about like now if I bring the weight to the very front of my body, where has tension come? So if I just come into the toes now and I'm here, suddenly I notice in my body tensions come into my shoulders. So can I then just soften out of the shoulders and keep them loose? And when you're in it, come back in it again. And then I want you to see if you can do the whole thing, but keep your whole face loose as well. So you're in it and then you're going, okay, this is challenging. I'm having a challenging experience. People are watching. I kind of want to get it right. (laughs) And then you're noticing that's your mindset getting hard, right? So we're going to soften our mindset and we're not going to go, I have to get to that end point. We're just going to go, well, what is this experience and how can I explore the edges of this experience and see how it feels in my body today? Maybe you drunk a lot last night and so you're feeling a bit wobbly and then you just be kind to yourself and know that that's normal. And then you can bend the back knee and you can play around with straightening the front leg and seeing how that feels versus bending that front leg. So when you bend it, you've got that shock absorption, you've got that natural yielding happening. And when you straighten it, then we've gone to hard again. So you're just seeing how that feels in your body and looking at how you might explore that.
1: This is really interesting. We had a a guy on our podcast called Tony Riddle who teaches barefoot running and and kind of like uh, wilderness kind of lifestyle Uh, so so he coaches guys who are doing ultra marathons in the mountains and he coaches them to try and run barefoot in those situations and his his method for it is like the inverse to what you'd imagine so he's saying when you run on on rocks like literally on on pebbles or rocks or sharp things you soften your foot into them Mm. and when you run on, on soft ground you harden into that and so it's, a t- it's, a, it's kind of the inverse of where we, we expect to get the benefit from.
0: And what's happened is obviously that we've all had shoes and shoes are hard. Yeah. So that hardness has made our feet get really, really hard in response to it. And what we actually want to do when we're walking barefoot, or when we're using our feet barefoot on the earth and in yoga, is to look at where are we meeting the edge of that mat. And instead of seeing it as that separatist thing, like nature versus us, how can we actually let our foot become like water with that mat and soften into it? So when you're doing yoga practice or even when you're just standing and walking around for the rest of the day, when you really feel how your feet are moving on the earth and see if you can notice when you have a tendency to go, okay, it's now really hot, I'm trying to stand in this queue. Has everything just become hard in your body? And have you now got your response to the challenge and also then still the hotness and the hardness and the challenge and see if you can just let go of that little bit of resistance in the beginning and just experience the challenge itself. Okay, so we're going to sit down again now
1: yeah so that space between hard and soft is a really interesting thing because when you look again at your body when you look at uh, at a cellular level we've got uh, do, you uh, do, you, do i need it do i need the mic i do no. okay correct. thank you okay so when we look at that space between hard and soft it's really interesting because it's reflected at a cellular level in how our bodies are reacting with minerals that, that that come into us as inputs and particularly you've got two that have a huge tension calcium and magnesium calcium is and when people, you know, have heart disease or atherosclerosis, that's the hardening of the arteries, that's calcification of tissue, which is essentially aging. And magnesium is its opposite; it's its dance partner. Magnesium is its uh, it, 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 when any time somebody looks to relax a muscle, you dose with magnesium. and It softens, smooth muscle, smooth tissue. And there's this constant kind of interplay in our body between calcium and magnesium. And when we look at uh, embracing and getting hydration on board a lot of the reason that the hydration is really serving us is because you're getting a lot of magnesium in salt form in order to help it soften tissues allow, allow blood essentially to get to all through the micro arteries through like the tiny little capillaries in our fingers like you have at the end of your fingers you have capillaries that are an eighth of the width of a red blood cell and the red blood cell has to squeeze to get through that and the only way it can do that and the only way the blood vessel can allow it to do it is by an abundance of soft minerals like magnesium. And you can meditate on that idea of softness again in so many ways, but it really is reflected so much to our bodies that hardness is not really what we want. Hardness never brings like a successful biological result as well as like a mindset result. Mm. Um, but yeah, so and there's, there's also that, that, yeah, that really reflects as well into how we unfortunately deal with in the West, how we deal with health, how we how we approach health. We have this kind of hard and reductive mindset where we always you know, look at, you know, look at the symptom, treat the symptom, isolate, isolate a molecule from nature, isolate something from a birch tree, isolate something from, you know, a herb or a hawthorn or whatever, and we look at what's effective in that, reduce it, reduce it, concentrate it, isolate it, maximize the potency of it, and then feed it into a body system, which we know that just doesn't serve, we know that, like, the best approach to this is actually to look at Eastern traditions, where they have, like, traditional pharmacy where you look at you know who's the person standing in front of you what's, what's what are they presenting as a, as a person as a personality and you're actually treating you know a holistic body system not just somebody who says i need a stent in my heart because i've got you know a heart and artery i've got a like conclusion in my heart and it's just it's a totally different it's a total shift in mindset what's lovely is we're seeing so much more embracing um from the medical profession of this approach of this idea that okay maybe we don't know everything maybe there are these things in these traditional philosophies these these kind of systems of medicine that have only existed because they've served humans they don't exist because they've been killing people for thousands of years it's because people have stayed alive as a result of it. and medics are beginning to switch on to those those sorts of approaches in a really really positive way
0: can you talk a little into when we're training smooth muscle versus oh yeah how, how that works
1: okay so so when we're training one of the things i don't know if any of you follow a lot of sports but one of the things that happens in a lot of um explosive sports everything from you know Rugby to American football to whatever it is, uh, soccer, tennis, all these things, all of the, the, the strength training or the training they do is plyometric training. It's explosive, explosive response required in the muscle. And what happens is at the end of our muscle, where the where the muscle connects to tendon and the tendon connects into the bone, that is designed to be totally elastic. It's supposed to be the most elastic part of our of, of that tissue. And um, the unfortunate thing is when you train that muscle in a plyometric way, so when you say, okay, explode, accelerate, hard, fast. What does
0: that look like in practicality? Is that like jumps, squat, well, squats,
1: squats? Yeah exactly, plyometric squats, sprints, those sorts of things where you're like you're really hard and you're asking the body to do more than it's used to coping with. Usually it's got to do with a weight that it wouldn't usually carry around in nature and so the body got, gets stressed, thinks it's going to essentially tear which is, which is the, the, the threat and what happens is then it, the little collagen fibres, so the little the things that form up the tendons are these little lovely little collagen tubules. If you look online you see beautiful things, there's a great film called Strolling Under The Skin when they look at what goes on under our, our skin and the fascia uh, and what carries all the water amongst our muscles and, and there's this amazing system of collagen tubules and what happens is those little tubules which are designed to operate independently they get really stressed and like, oh shit, we're going to tear and so they crosslink, and so they become these hard, brittle, very strong but really brittle substances so that's why you see so many like uh, Achilles or uh, you see so many tendon tears, so ACLs, ligaments all these sorts of things breaking so often and so again, when it comes to strength training what we can do then is to reverse that do what's called um, well, isometric loading. So when you do um, holds in, in plank, for instance, or hold squat holds, what happens is your body gets to understand that, okay, there's no stress here. I'm not being asked to do more effort. I'm not being asked to, to carry out more effort than my body is used to, to, to carrying out. And it, it allows the collagen fibers to actually operate independently. They don't cross thing and they go, okay, this is good, cool. we can slide across each other. They become strong, but they remain elastic. And so you really reduce the tendency towards injury. And that's one of the main reasons that yoga is such an amazing thing for, you know, from a, from a longevity point of view, because it's improving our flexibility, improving our mobility in our joints and preserving all of that soft tissue, preserving all of that lovely elastic tissue that we want to hang on to.
0: Yeah, so we're going to do um, another pose now to try and feel how does that mean? Because it's really interesting when we listen to this stuff as a kind of theory basis, and we can kind of get nerdy about it and be like, oh yeah, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> but how does it actually look in our bodies? How does that feel? And how can we relate to that in a way that makes us go, oh yeah okay I can relate to that and I can actually bring this into a practical application in my daily life so what we're going to do is we're going to do one of those isometric hold poses that we do in yoga we call it superman or bird dog I'll demonstrate it in a minute Um, and we're going to sit into the hardness and then we're going to notice where does the muscle actually need to be working so which one of our muscles need to be working and which ones do we actually not need to be working at all so instead of muscling through and going like I'm going to make myself as strong as I can how can we actually soften in that pose within that place of challenge and find that elasticity a little bit so you're going to come to all fours on your mats now and do you want to just hold that in front of my (laughs) mouth okay so you're going to come to here and i just want you to place wrists under shoulders and spread the fingers of your hands so what you really want to do is think kind of like a lion you want to do this just like pouring thing a little bit. So you're just kind of feeling into the right hand, feeling into the left hand, seeing how that feels, noticing left shoulder versus right shoulder, wrist versus fingers, and then just sit back into the middle. And then feel, I want every single finger pad to work there. So one isn't working more, loading more than the other. Really use them. And then make sure shoulders are above the wrist. But now see how the arms have gone really straight so they've gone into that hard place. I want you to just soften the elbows. So we want that little shock absorption. And then you're gonna take your right leg straight out behind you at hip height. And you're gonna push through the toes. And then you're gonna take your left hand straight out at shoulder height. And this is where we're gonna stay. So I want you to look down at your mat now. And from here just find your breath into the belly and notice now have you got a tendency to hold into that belly or can you let the belly be really soft on that inhale so the belly comes into that really soft buoyant place and then as you exhale you're pulling it back in and then now what's happened to your face has your jaw gone really tight can you soften into the jaw and maybe you could even just find a smile and change your attitude in that moment to going okay I'm in a hard place but I'm softening into that. And then you're going to soften into the skin on the scalp and now it's starting to get really challenging and the breath is starting to come up into the chest and you're beginning to shake and your body's resisting but instead of that you're going to go what's the part of my body that's working so you're looking at core leg and shoulder and you're going to bring all your energy to those places and soften the other places so soften the back toes that are on the floor soften that back shin Soften your face, soften your shoulders away from your ears, soften your belly, soften your breath even. And you're going to take three more breaths here. everything's loose, everything's soft. Be that, that water again. And then you're going to soften down, bring that leg down, bring your hips back to your heels, and just take child's pose for a moment and let your breath soften. So hips back to the heels, head is on the floor, or if your head doesn't reach the floor, you're going to place hands underneath your head. And just take two or three breaths here to let yourself really soften into that. And then you're gonna slowly walk your hands back to your knees and curl yourself back up to kneeling. So how was that? Can you, can you see how there's that tendency for us to go, okay, well, here's the work but I'm just going to load loads more work on top of this to make it extra challenging for myself. And that's what we do in life as well, right? We go like, okay i've got to do this challenging thing now then as well as the challenging thing i'm going to make myself feel really stressed about that challenging thing and then also feel i'm probably going to be shit at that challenging thing so now i'm going to feel shit about myself as well and then that just kind of makes this horrible cascade of shitness really so what we want to do is get rid of the cascade of shitness and sit into the softness of the water element does anyone have anything they want to say
1: Stand like mountain, move like water. Okay. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Well done.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. give this back to you. Though.
1: So, uh, yeah, so the, this this idea of <laughs> softening in your mindset when you're going through challenges is such an important part uh, of our approach mentally. And one of the the kind of the paradigm around, you know, modern meditation things, or I don't know if sort of like Math Institute, where they're looking at, you know, the the, the frequencies our, our brain and our heart emit when we're engaged in different actions, when we're engaged in like um, playing a computer game versus uh, when we're in deep meditation or when we're asleep, is a really interesting thing. We have, you know, there's, there's this background frequency that the earth emits which is just under 8 hertz and we know that our brain is usually working above that in what's called beta frequency. Beta frequency is like, you know, 14 to 40 hertz. When we come down to sitting still and being conscious breathing and conscious of our breath, our, our, our that frequency shifts into what's called alpha state between 8 and 14 and, and that's when our body begins to really resonate in a different way uh it goes into its rest and digest phase it, it switches off this sense of threat there's no there aren't a thousand emails coming in and there's no <laughs> dinosaurs chasing us and our body is allowed to to really heal and there's there's, there's really significant science around how beneficial that can be um and we have it gone yeah. um
0: so yeah just at So beta state is the one that we tend to sit into, sadly. Ideally, it would be better for us right, right, to sit into that alpha place. But we tend to go through our day in a beta brainwave state. And the thing about beta is that it's not economic in our effort as far as powering our brain. What it is, is it uses a whole load of energy from the rest of our body and draws on our battery pack to make the brain work. And also interestingly, Finn told me a really interesting fact about beta. When we're in beta, we can only hold around four concepts in our head at any one time. We can only draw on them. Whereas conversely, if we're in alpha state, we can draw on up to 2000. So if you think about creativity and that riding that wave between creation and surrender, that alpha state is the place we want to be because we can draw on all these things we can do creative thinking. But the alpha state is also that place where we, like Finn said, where we drop into that place of rest and we are able to repair in our day. So it's really interesting when we look at how can we be, use beta. So it's not, it's like yin and yang. We're not going to say you can't be in beta, we need it. So for those moments where we've got a deadline, we have to act on them. Beta state kicks in because it's like muscling through, moving forwards, getting the job done. But what we want to be able to do is really quickly access the ability to drop out of beta back into alpha again. So we're conserving that energy and we're moving in that softer way and we're more creative and more conscious a little bit. So really alpha is about conservation of resources yeah. in our body and what's really interesting is we were looking we did a really interesting podcast with a guy who's a mushroom expert recently and he was talking about mycelial network and yeah. permaculture and that really relates to this in this really nice way maybe you could talk yeah. to that a little bit
1: so um within nature like you know there's it perm- has everybody heard the concept permaculture no okay so permaculture is this method of agriculture where we look at nature and we try to reflect what it's doing because nature is the ultimate economist it doesn't waste any energy. like anything it does if it's the case that there's grassland you'll see that briars grow through the grass and they actually use the grass to become higher they'll always they'll find pockets where there's nutrient sources and where there's you know enough shade for them to grow so they'll, they'll never try and you know suffer through threat they'll always try to work through the easiest solution so permaculture is this amazing uh, approach to, to agriculture where uh, there's a guy called Bill Mollison. If you look him up online, you'll see some amazing things he's done uh, in in deserts, where they call, where they um, bring bring natural aquifers into deserts by looking <laughs> at how nature rehydrates itself, how how nature actually brings brings water to an to an area. So they grow certain parts of certain types of plants that that bring water from deep, and then certain types of plants that provide shade. That all of this sort of approach. So essentially, when we're kind of like referring to to these sorts of networks, these nature networks, we're always kind of like. Uh, trying to aspire to everything that they're doing we should really try and reflect what they're doing and um, so also when it comes to mycelia networks so like you know so the, the largest you know what the largest organism on the planet is anyone any guesses no yeah. so it's a mushroom it's a mushroom in utah it's a single cell width and it's over six kilometers in size and it just goes it, it, it covers a, a mountain in utah and they've found that each of the individual parts are all part of that one thing and mycelium networks have this Great ability to—they're the great communicators within our uh, within our environment. So when a, a tree needs to access a nutrient, they will literally ask a mycelial the, the little hyphae, so these little kind of like mushroom kind of like web things that are attached to the roots. They'll ask the mushroom for that nutrient. The mushroom will go to a certain part of the soil where that nutrient is accessible. It'll create a de novo chemical, like an enzyme out of nowhere to break that chemical, that that, that, uh, that nutrient down into a a useful form for the tree, transport it through the mycelial network, get it to the tree root, and it literally taps on the door of the tree root and says, I'm here, let me in. The tree root actually softens, so the type of cellulose that makes the tree softens to allow the mushroom to get into the tree, deliver the nutrient, and then the mushroom (coughs) feeds off the cellulose fibre, which is what the tree is kind of giving as its part of the sacrifice. So all of these, this interdependence of networks is just, an amazing way of kind of thinking that you know, our, our brain our neuronal networks have the same sort of approach to things as there's, there's this constant sense that you know your body has a scar in one place it delivers nutrients there to help it all we have to do is facilitate it it wants to be in homeostasis and if we try to kind of have that approach it always seems to be successful
0: yeah and <clears throat> so when we were looking at mushrooms and we were going into this kind of deep delve into mushrooms and their mycelial network we we're also looking at microbiome mm. right so so much of our body is made up of mushroom dna yeah right? mm. um, so actually it's kind of if we're trying to decide how are we the author of our own reactions are we the ones who are making the decisions here or who's leading that that could it actually be what makes up our gut and what makes up our gut it, is that actually more than us? Like, what is that? And how can we explore that a little bit? So is there a way that we can bring rituals into our daily lives to choose whether we're authoring the choices that we make? So if you think about a really good friend of mine who's a nutritionist always says, if your gut is inflamed, You're like a nettle, you just walk around trying to sting everyone all day long. And you know that yourself, if your gut is off, you just feel angry, you're more reactive, you're more cross. You tend towards foods that aren't going to serve you and choices that aren't going to serve you. Um, And that's not coming from you, that's coming from your gut right in there. So we want to look at our microbiome, we want to understand it and all those different things that are in there. And then we want to begin to communicate with that microbiome. Do you so, want to say anything? So,
1: yeah, so, so so how our microbiome communicates, all our cells communicate using these frequencies. We're, little, we're, le- we're electrochemical beings. Most of the stuff that happens inside us happens at an electrochemical level. So the, the little viruses, bacteria, um, all of the protozoa, all those little bacteria, which are 10 times more of those cells than there are human cells in our body. So we're, we're predominantly a superorganism, but the driving seat strongly is in, our, is in our gut with all these protozoa and all these bacterial organisms. When they want to communicate, they use frequencies to communicate with each other, and likewise, we can use these frequencies to communicate with our microbiome. This is really fringe science, but again, it's like um, again looking at like ancient practices like humming or chanting, where they use these sorts of kind of techniques to uh, activate the vagal nerve, which essentially is a communication superhighway between. Our brain, what our brain wants to do, and the gut and all the microbiome in the gut, and what they want us to do, and, and the more that we can open up this this two two way street, this this amazing thing called the vagal nerve pathway, the more we can start to harness what our gut wants us to do, use our gut instinct, and start to become you know co authors with our gut as to where where we want to be in terms of health.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so when we're looking at those 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 little microbiome and all this stuff that's living inside us. It's kind of like being a host, right? So we know that we're host to the stuff inside our gut. But when you're a host in your house, you provide things for that person. You make sure they have a nice soft bed, and you give them nice food, and you make sure they have water, and you offer their experience. So it's really like, can we actually look at what's our microbiome, what's our gut doing, and actually make the experience better for them, so that we're a super host, and then we live in this nice coexistence. And the way we can do that is by humming practices. So that that humming is how we communicate with our microbiome. So what we're going to do now is practice a little humming breath. It's called in yoga, and we're just going to think down into your gut, and whatever you specific issues are and it could be that you tend to have an overactive gut or you tend to have a sluggish gut or you tend to notice that you get really hormonal around your period or you tend to be less hormonal and then you're having less periods or whatever those things are that are in your gut that you know your own issues while we're doing this humming breath it's very much an internal practice you're going to just be thinking down to one single idea that you want to communicate to your gut and that you want to help move you forwards Okay, so with the humming breath, what we're going to do is we're going to take our thumb into the hole, plug it into the hole of our ear, and you can let your fingers just sit wherever they sit on the bones of your head and your cheek. So you want to be in contact with bone because then you're going to feel the resonance of that humming resonating through the bones of the body. And you're going to do that on both sides, I just can't because I have a microphone. (laughs) And then what we're going to do is we're going to inhale through the nose and as you exhale, you're going to hum through your lips to the end of your exhale. And then when you inhale again, it'll just be a natural inhale, and then you exhale, you're going to exhale to the end of your humming. When you're in it, you'll feel very much like you're in your own internal world, but you will be able to hear me when I'm leading you out of it. So don't worry about needing to open your eyes and see if you're going to find out if you're the only one still humming. You won't be. (laughs) And if you are, I'll come and tap you on the shoulder. So thumbs into your ears, hands on the bones of your head, close your eyes, and then take a deep inhale through your nose. And as you exhale, I just want you to start humming through your lips like "Mm mmmm. of your inhale, inhale naturally through the nose. We're going to do ten rounds, so this is two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Inhale when you need to, hum again when you need to. Tune into that deep rhythm of your breath, your own unique rhythm, different from your neighbor, and sit deep into that network that sits in your gut, into all those little cells, all the things that you're host to, and allow yourself to communicate whatever it is that's gonna serve you best now. Hmm. The bones in your body, three more breaths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) (laughs) Inhale one last time, last hum to the end of your exhale. Slowly let it go and just come back into the room. Do you see how that drops you really quickly into like a really, really grounded state? It's amazing how when you turn off the external, you're able to connect into that internal much better. So, I'd like you to invite you in your daily life to try and bring humming in a little bit and know that that humming is the resonance that's going to allow you to communicate with those little things that you're host to in your body and that you don't have to think, oh god my really rubbish, there's nothing I can do, I just feel annoyed about it, instead start going, okay, how can I be a better host, how can I be a kinder host to these little things so that that works out better for me so we're going to move into yin and yang now a little bit um, and i think the strength in yin practices and the yin side of ourselves and that feminine is knowing when to yield so when to allow ourselves to kick into that place where we need support and allowing ourselves to draw on those things so like meditation journaling breathing all really really great yin practices and um, So yesterday, if you're at my yoga class, one of the really yin things that we do, yin breath practice, that you can do is four, six breath. And it's just simply breathing in for four and out for six. And that brings us really quickly into the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's something you can do in your daily life if you just want to sit into that yin place. However, we have to be a little bit careful with yin to not get too tamasic and not into that place where all we want to do is just lie around and be really relaxed and never actually get into that place of bold creation and being all that we can be, which comes from that yang, yang energy. So I think we're a really good example of that where Finn is kind of typically yang and tends to move through his practices, his physicality, all of that kind of stuff in a much more forceful, energetic kind of, get it done done kind of a way. And I tend towards being a bit like, oh, just let me see. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Let me see. But you see, you need to find that edge. You can't sit into one of those too much because both of those needs to serve us. So say you were looking at a Yang breath practice in yoga, we have breath of fire. Do you know breath of fire? It's like. So we pump the belly really, really fast. So we want to look at if we have a yoga practice, we have a practice of your own. You want to make sure that you're doing the Yin ones, like the four, six breath, but you're also sitting into those powerful practices as well, and knowing when to tap into those two, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think you have. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a really nice post actually I sent to you recently, um, which was a, a, a guy sending it to his partner, uh, who was a woman, and he was saying, I like I see all the masculine and the feminine, you and I embrace them both. And I see all the masculine and feminine in me and I embrace them both. And it's that meeting of masculine and feminine. <laughs> when we look externally at people and we're seeing you know, what we identify as men and women, that unfortunately kind of leads us away from the idea that there's any kind of like like there's a there's a traditional thing within I suppose what's become of the patriarchal kind of concept that that men have to have answers, that they have to like do this thing, you know, fix that door, whatever. And 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 that pressure that I think also it doesn't allow necessarily men to forgive themselves for not having answers for occupying that yin space of just like observing asking other people for support seeing what else might be another idea outside themselves instead of this kind of yang yeah go do thing and i've learned a lot of that from from lydia actually and it's been a really interesting kind of process beginning to kind of engage and understand that there's both of those things operating inside me and there's a there's, there's a there's a reality to that which is really helpful and you know and understanding what you're feeling like within each day you know so for instance, I would use medicinal mushrooms a lot, and so on days where I have a hectic meeting schedule, busy, busy shop, whatever, lots of things to do whatever, long day ahead, <coughs> I'll try to use medicinal mushrooms that are more yin in, in orientation. Has anyone used or heard of reishi mushroom before? Yeah. Yeah, so reishi is a beautiful mushroom. It's like the dancing mushroom. It's like the, it's the real feminine aspect of mushrooms. Um, And it's a great mushroom to help to, if if you have a uh, a very yang energy to help to introduce some yin into that, some watery kind of softness into a very yang personality. You're into a very yang day. You know, it's not that we're fixed concepts from day to day. It's it's who we're feeling at that moment. Uh, And and by contrast as well, then it's 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 equal kind of opposite kind of dance partner is cordyceps, which is another amazing medicinal mushroom, which uh, is a very strong yang mushroom. So really. Build, its a real blood-building, um, uh, powerful, like libidinous, libidinous sort of tonic, um, and so it, it's a really nice thing to kind of like feel like look at the two T's and go like, which am I drawn to today? What's my day like? You know, and kind of just to look at, um, particularly when it comes to supplementation, not in such a fixed focus. A, a, a lot of people will find they they come to come to me looking for help, and they kind of say, okay, well, how many do I take? I've been taking this for six months, two a day. I'm like, well, you, Definitely shouldn't be doing that, you know. <laughs> There's no way you had your body had the same need for the same thing every single day within that time. And it's nice to kind of be able to be more intuitive with our with our consumption of food, with our thoughts, with our movement, based on how we're kind of like feeling within that day, right?
0: Yeah, and I think these days, what's nice is there tends to be these gatherings that come into circles now it's a traditional thing that we would gather in circles and we haven't done it for very long. And now there's this coming back, that's kind of remembering of these old traditions and none more so than in the area of kind of menstrual cycle awareness. And this sounds like it's not gonna be something I'm speaking to you about, but actually it is something that you're speaking to men about as well, because these awareness of our cycles within us and that yin and yang is something that both men and women need to be able to respect. So when we're looking at menstrual cycle, when we have our bleeding time, that's our time of letting go and that's our yin place so we're sitting into that place of listening in listening to dreams listening to what's coming up and traditionally we would have said and looked at women and gone like oh yeah before their period they tend to get really premenstrual and then they're just really angry and really annoying and really emotional and and then we just take things and push that bit away but actually we can reframe that to notice that in that time when stuff comes up and makes us angry and we react quicker that's the stuff that our body's showing us that we're not comfortable with it it's the stuff in the month that we haven't dealt with and our body brings it up for us before the time of letting go so we can look at it identify it and then actually let it go when we bleed in the letting go phase so instead of going really angry with him because he didn't put the shit in the dishwasher again we're going actually I feel like I'm not supported In that, and I feel like I'm being taken for granted, and that's something that isn't sitting with me. So now I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna meditate on that, and I'm gonna look at how does that feel in my body, and then when I bleed and when that letting go comes, I'm gonna let that go and I'm gonna move into my new phase really clearly. And same listening to your dreams and the stuff that comes up, and then when you come to the ovulation phase, that's when we're all things to all people, that's that place of bold creation of growth, and then we can go out into the world and we bear the fruits of our labour. We literally come into that place where we're going, okay, now I could create a baby. And that's the same for men. We look at the phases. The phases happen in the man's body the same. Just unfortunately for you, you have to work a little bit harder in the letting go phase. So you have to look to practices that allow you to let go. And that's where women, we naturally sit into that yang thing and we're better able to do that. And we live longer because of it. Men need to now start to adapt and take on those practices and go like well how can I come into that place of letting go and that might be breathing that might be moving in a slower way but really it's about going okay so now we're looking at what's we're reflecting outside us in nature and those cycles that we're trying to be in harmony with and the cycles of the nature within our body and how can we be in harmony with that it just feeds back into this whole thing that mycelial network the yin and yang that edge between soft and strong and how we can really play with it to serve us a bit better yeah
1: yeah, nice yeah Yeah, so there's there's an amazing there's cellular process that relates to this as well so a recently kind of discovered cellular signaling mechanism called AMP kinase which essentially what it does is it protects our cells. it's only ever functioning when we're in parasympathetic nervous system activities when we're really relaxed it doesn't it won't help to do anything when we're training when we're doing when we're sitting doing emails or whatever it is and it's, it's it's equal against Dan's partners, I think called MTOR, what is it, mammalian target of rapamycin. And this is amazing because it, it, it serves a, a really important purpose to give us strength in the moment and it helps to build human growth form and it helps to like to, to, to strengthen our bone and build density in bone, but it has it necessarily switches off AMP kinase. So when you're in M4 you can't eat AMP kinase, you really need both of them, you need that strength in the moment. And you need that longevity process as well and so like neither of them are better or worse but it's a case that we need to look at, at both as necessary parts of a, of a complete whole I think.
0: yeah So, we're going to round up now because I know we're going on a little bit, but we're just going to finish with just like a nice little example of how we can drop into that place of stillness. So, when we were doing that first thing that we were talking about, we were talking about it's not about not having moments of challenge in your life, we embrace those challenge moments, but it's about how quickly can we recover from them and get back into that alpha place, that place of softening. So, we're going to soften now, we're going to do a yoga nidra, and I'm going to read to you um, a poem by a really amazing man. um, and he's a, a forager really and it's his his feeling of how does he relate to the nature outside and how we can bring it in and then we're going to do a guided meditation that's going to make you really understand that feeling of being one and being all at the same time so you can just get yourself cozy lying on your backs now
1: and if you have any questions for us just we'll be around afterwards if you want to ask us stuff But just relax into this for so anyone who's
0: here if you want to join in by all means just lie down <laughs> Okay, so when you're lying down now, just again, come back to that feeling that we had when we were using our feet at the beginning. So instead of us being separate from the earth that we're lying on, we're yielding to the earth. So almost imagining that the ground beneath you is soft and it's malleable, which it is. And allow yourself to make your own unique body imprint on the ground beneath you. So where is your head? Where are your shoulders? Where are your hips? Are you more in the left? or the right sides of your body, in the top of your body, or the bottom of your body. And then can you just take a moment to drop the breath down low into your belly. And we come back to that low and slow breathing. And the belly is soft, so, so often now we hold our belly in this tightness, especially as women. Just let it be soft and full on the inhale, floating (coughs) and releasing, just like a jellyfish in the sea. And as you drop into that place just now, beginning to just let all that information of the talk of this little workshop sink down and permeate into the cells. So that you really embrace that idea of that edge between hard and soft, that sweet spot between strength and adaptation, between yin and yang. And just listen to these words that this wonderful man on <laughs> wrote. I like my gods and goddesses dirty, wild haired, raggle taggled and anarchic. Which is why I love the earth so much. Which is why I forage. The sermons aren't in the books or the churches or the temples. They're in the wildness of the world. You just have to get outside regularly and listen and observe the ecosystem that you are deeply embedded with. Even if you think you aren't, you are, you can't avoid it. Your bones are the mountains, your blood, the ocean, your breath, the wind and air, your eyes, the stars, and your heart is the very complexity of life itself. deep inside. And I want you to place a shining star of conscious awareness down on the sole of your left foot. A single star of shining awareness right on the sole of the left foot. Whole of the awareness dropping into that left foot now. And now placing another star on the sole of the right foot. That star is shining with the effort of your conscious awareness, bringing the whole of the conscious awareness down to the sole of the right foot and the left foot. And now placing another star in the palm of your left hand. Awareness into that left hand, sole of the left foot, sole of the right foot. placing another star in the palm of your right hand. Each star shining with awareness, all of your awareness dropping into those focused points. And now placing a fifth one of those stars right in the center of your eyebrows, the eyebrow center, making that fifth star point. (coughs) So now keeping your awareness in all of those five points marking out the edges of your unique body, head, hands and feet, and allow yourself to feel the edges of your body as you lie. And you're gonna take a star and place it right in the center of your navel now. Let that star shine the brightest of all right in the center of your navel. And as you inhale, I want you to send the light out from your navel center to those other five points, to the feet, the hands, and the head. And as you exhale, gather that light right back down into the center at your navel. So inhale, you're sending the light out and expanding. And exhale, bringing the light back into the center, contracting. Allow yourself to feel that you're a living, breathing being and you're able to be expansive within the edges of your own body. (coughs) And now letting go of the edges of your body and seeing that you're one constellation amongst many constellations lying in this room right now. And in fact, you're making up a whole galaxy of stars And all of you are part of the same galaxy and also your own individual constellation at the same time. So letting go of those edge stars now as you inhale, expand out as wide as you can in awareness, out into the room. And as you exhale, gather your awareness back into the belly. Maybe you can make your awareness arrive into your neighbor Sending the light outwards and then gathering the light all the way back into the center of your being. And then thinking bigger still, notice that all of you are different galaxies within this universe that's around outside us, all of the people on this mountain with their own unique constellations and see, can you send your light further out on your inhale so you let go of the edges even of this room Allow yourself to be as expansive as you can be, bigger than you ever dared to dream. And as you exhale, gather that energy, that light all the way back into the center of your being and sit fully into the breath. Letting go now of even the idea of these constellations or stars, just allow yourself to be breath. Allow breath to be breathed through you. start to bring that awareness back closer into ourselves. So I want you to anchor yourself back into star on the sole of the left foot, star on the sole of the right foot, star in the palm of the left hand, star in the palm of the right hand, star between the eyebrows and feel those lights shining now, making up the edges of your unique body. Feel your hand on the floor, feet on the floor, head on the mat. Drop into the heaviness of your body, that feeling of surrender and letting go. breath change a little to become more consciously in the belly, ribcage and chest. So breathe laterally out into the sides of your ribs. Big deep inhale, big deep exhale. Allow yourself to be in control of your breath now rather than the breath just breathing itself through. you. And then wiggling now gently into your toes and your fingers. Just feeling the edges of your body move, feeling where you are in space. And keeping your eyes closed, just take a big yawn, stretching the mouth and the muscles of the face. And keeping the eyes closed even more, bring your hands back behind your head and stretch your body to its limits, reaching through the fingers and the toes. And then the heels of the hands and the heels of the feet. And keeping your eyes closed still, bring your knees into your chest or wrap your arms around your knees, hugging yourself in close. with your eyes still closed, roll to your right hand side. So you're lying on your right in this rest position. And as you're in this rest position, just sitting with an affirmation that feels correct to you, that resonates with you around trying to find balance between those places of soft and hard, yin and yang. Compromise and creation and allow yourself to really deeply sit that into the cells of your body so that when you leave this beautiful tent, you go out into the rest of your day in that space where you can ride that line really clearly in a way that saves you. And then with the eyes still remaining closed, find your way to sitting as gently and as flowing as you possibly can. Eyes are still closed. (coughs) once you're sitting, bring your hands together in prayer position in front of your chest and you're gonna rub them as if you were warming them on a cold day. Signaling to your nervous system in a gentle way that you're coming back to movement. And then you're gonna place each one of those hands over your eyes and allow your eyes to rest into that darkness, that warmth you created. Begin to blink your eyes open just into the darkness of your hands so the light creeps in between the fingers. And then take an inhale and grow taller still. Exhale with a big sigh, letting the hands fall into your lap, coming back into the room. We'll bring our hands together at the heart center and Bow to ourselves and each other and say namaste, namaste. Thank you very much everyone.